What's better than this? It's me, it's me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Kyle, happy Monday to you. The Scouts have a roster. See. A 53-man roster and a coaching staff. Yep. We have a finished product. Took us, I would. I was thinking earlier, somewhere between six and eight hours, I think. Over the course of this weekend. Yeah, just piecing this together. All while finding out I'm going to be a girl dad. Yes, which, by the way, congrats. Thank Welcome you. to the club. Thank you. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring it up if I didn't. So let's go. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Um, do we need to address anything else with that? Maybe a throwing motion or... Yeah, listen. First of all, if you, if somebody posts a gender reveal and your reaction is, least you could teach her how to throw like a girl, first of all, nothing wrong with throwing like a girl. I know plenty of girls that are plenty athletic right. and can throw, and I know plenty of guys that can't throw at all. Bingo. Some of you guys think I'm one of those people. But it's an Easter egg filled with powder... And I watched my wife spike this ball into the ground, and it didn't pop. Mm-hmm. You got to get aloft, but you can't squeeze it too hard right. in your hand because then it's going to blow up in your hand, and yep. I'm going to be wearing the powder. Yep. So it's effectively a shot put throw, kind of yep. sidearm, but I yep. kind of loft and lift it up right. so I didn't have to squeeze the ball with my fingers to throw it. Yeah. It's outrageous that we're at this point. Yep. Or I have to explain my throwing motion yeah. on an Easter egg right. powder ball. Imagine anything other than congrats, man. Right. Right. Yeah. But I had a couple people mention the hair along the way. So stupid. It's people. You you people are not not draft dudes. No, listeners. never a draft dude. Never user. a draft yeah, dude. Never listener. would. Yeah. But some of, some of y'all out there are just, <laughs> I'm like, why did I even share? Right. It's like, what? <laughs> Let's go back to uh, not sharing anything. Right. Not Let's taking, just go back yeah. to posting my articles. Right. Yeah. Post the articles. All right, so uh, uh, baby crabs is coming. A yes. little baby girl. Yep. And uh, so she knows. She knows the roster. So she does. She's been for- sitting in on a lot of these conversations. Yeah. So she's more privy than the listeners. So we should probably get everybody up to speed. I'm excited about our coaching staff. It's time we to have reveal a this. Good coaching staff. All right, you get to you go head coach and offensive coordinator. Okay. I'll, I'll go defensive. coordinator. Okay, because your your idea. I had the offensive coordinator. I thought of. We mutually agreed upon the the head coach, mm-hmm. and you thought of the defensive coordinator. Yeah. So it's fitting that we get to reveal these. Our rule was, it has to be an upgrade. Yeah. Right. No lateral moves or anything like that. We're not going to pull. Sean Payton to come coach a, an expansion team, right? So we gave the guy who should have got a head coaching gig this past cycle and didn't get one, he got the job for us. And we're super stoked that Eric Bieniemy is our head coach, offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, his offensive coordinator I'm very excited about because his last coaching position, he was the quarterback's coach and assistant head coach of the Miami Dolphins for about three minutes. Jim Caldwell, who had plenty of success with the Detroit Lions as their head coach, averaged nine wins a season for the Detroit Lions over four years. Historically right run with the Detroit Lions. Like the best this side of the 1950s, (laughs) and was fired after a nine-win season. Makes sense of that. Jim Caldwell, who's interested in getting back into coaching, he took a leave of absence with the Dolphins in 2019, uh, is going to be our offensive uh, play caller. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice fit, man. And, and we have to understand, we have the number one pick. I mean, let's let the cat out of the bag. We're thinking a lot about Trevor Lawrence and building a football team around him. And, I mean, to have that type of um, experience in the league, that type of success, uh, to greet Tre- Trevor Lawrence and acclimate him to the league was, was something really exciting. And I'm pretty excited about this defensive coordinator yes. hire. We have gone to the college ranks, Kyle, and we have plucked. Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard to run our defense. We kind of thought this is like a little bit of a Mike Vrabel plan here, right, where he goes to Ohio State and has his success there, gets to be a te- the Texans defensive coordinator before you know he's a head coach. So we're going to enjoy Jim while we can. But, I mean, this is a guy who was 5'8", 188 pounds wet, right, and uh, soaking wet. A, a limited athlete, winds yep. up having a nice career for himself. And here's my favorite thing about Jim Leonard. This guy can teach – Rob Ryan's system and Rex Ryan's system 
better than a Rex Ryan can. <laughs> and that's why Rex Ryan made sure that this guy was with him every step of the way. Every, so every place. We just think he has the right makeup for the type of defense we want to run. Even though I, I think by our our cores, I think we're both 4-3 guys. But we Probably. like the hybrid the hybrid system here and, and uh, Leonard's experience in the league, his success as a coordinator at the college level, and uh, we think it's ready ready for him to make the jump and, and we'll start we'll start being a coaching factory. You know, and I think right. this could be our this could potentially be our first, you know, uh, guy that, that advances. Yeah, if we do things right, you know, we need a new defensive coordinator every three years because they continue to have success. Yeah. Yeah. Now we didn't go any further down than coordinators. No, yeah, I don't think so we need that's to. It, we yeah. also didn't get a special teams. Coordinator. They're all amazing coaches underneath them. We're just so thrilled with yeah. the staff that you the know, enemy was able to. Well, assemble. here's the other thing: you trust your coaches to build right. their staffs, right? right? And this, we're not going to meddle in that. Our job is to build the roster, right? And that's exactly what we did. So we did the expansion draft, and we decided the best way to do it was to work alphabetically through the teams. You know, so we said, "What is the sense of?" Don't prioritize our top pick in the expansion draft. It's it's easier for us from a logistics standpoint, and for you as as fans of individual teams to hear how we've packaged this. If we just go team by team, so through the expansion draft, Joe, our requirements were we had to to fill thirty percent of the salary cap, which is another talking point. Yeah. Remind me to come back to. Yeah, and we also or. We had to pick 30 players. We had to fulfill one of those two criteria: 30 players or 30% of the cap. Yeah. Or was it 38% of the cap? Something like that. We hit both we, thresholds. We comfortably hit both yeah. thresholds. Yeah. So we, through the expansion draft, picked 31 players. And the expansion draft commitments that we logged were... Just under $100 million, right? Uh, yes, $97 million disappeared on me it was somewhere sh- just short of 98 million dollars yeah. and we went into it saying we wanted to spend right around 100 million to save mm-hmm. ourselves 70 million for free agency in our draft class because we're operating under the assumption that the cap goes down right right and so we we used the estimation of 170 and that became uh, a challenging piece of building this team if the cap stayed stagnant we could have pulled two more really good football players and we would have been thrilled with what we were working with on a lot of fronts with this roster. It's a little weakened now because we had to make concessions because inevitably you're already like Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles will not have fans in the stands all year at all. Yeah. So like it, Jacksonville, I think is planning on 25% max. So capacity. normal in Jacksonville. Jeez. All right. Well, <laughs> the point is there is going to be revenue losses. Yeah. If every single stadium had no fans in the stand, you're talking somewhere around probably. $2 billion in revenue losses that they're going to have to figure out from revenue sharing spread across all three, all 32 teams. Are you going to do it in one year? Are you going to defer it out over 10 years and take more reduced caps? We took a fairly aggressive approach to a cap reduction. Wish we didn't. Wish we didn't. Like I said, our <laughs> roster would be better because, as Joe said, our cap space for 2021 that we are working with is $170 million. That's what we decided to use as a cap. And, hey, if it turns out that the cap's greater than that, we got more cap space for long term. Right. That's fine. So, do you want to work through each team? Yeah. And players that were picked or players that were blocked by the original team if we picked one of their players. Yeah, then we should go team by team and say who we picked. And then there's some cause and effect. Not every team, right? Some teams right. we didn't take any players. Some teams we took one and weren't interested in anything else. But there were some teams, like three or four teams, where they wind up pulling the rest of their guys just because we were we were so eager to get some of the talent that they made available. So I say we rip through this as, you know, as efficiently as we can right. and, and uh, then reveal what we did in free agency in the draft. So the Arizona Cardinals, Michael Dogby, Mason Cole, Chase Edmonds, Max Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, none of your players were picked. Pass, yeah. So we passed on everything the Arizona Cardinals made available to us. Yep. The Atlanta Falcons, we did end up plucking one of their five players. Their five players were Allen Bailey, Tyler Davidson, Jamon Brown, James Carpenter, and Ito Smith. Joe, we plucked one of these two interior defensive linemen. Yeah, and so we, we wound up picking Tyler Davidson at $4.6 million, and the the, the effect there was Atlanta then pulled Allen Bailey off the table. We didn't think right. they would want to lose both. And one thing that Kyle and I prioritized as we built this initial roster was our first priority was making sure that Trevor Lawrence had an offensive line that was suitable, that was was more than functional. Uh, and so that became a big priority. But then, you know, we did the same for the trenches on the other side of the football and made sure that we knew that we had – 
you know, guys that would fit, but also, you know, weren't just going to be liabilities. And so we don't, I don't think we have a superstar up front of the defensive line, but we've got a bunch of guys that we feel comfortable with. And so we took the chance to get Davidson and, f- and start fill, you know, filling those types of roles. And again, keeping in mind, we're running kind of a three, four hybrid and Davidson, we thought can play five tech and then rush from the inside. Right. So Baltimore Ravens, um, Mark Ingram, Deshaun Elliott, Jacob Breland, Jaleel Scott, and Tavon Young. We took Deshaun Elliott. Safety. Uh, the young safety out of Texas. Uh, he's kind of been stuck behind some bodies there in Baltimore in the secondary. Chuck Clark, so, Earl Chuck Thomas. Clark and Earl Thomas. Yep. Uh, so Elliott, exciting. He's under a million dollars. Some cheap talent. That yep. that was something that needed. We, we, we needed. Yeah, we, it became clear that as we assembled this roster, what we didn't have is a bunch of players on rookie deals, late-round picks, filling out the bottom – 25% of our roster, and so these types of players became very attractive to us. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Joe, we passed on all your Buffalo Bills. Yes, yeah, and for good reason. Lotulele, Spencer Long, AJ Klein, Tyler Matakevich, and Lee Smith. We the, said no thank yeah, you. We thought a little bit about Spencer Long, but we, Eric Bienemy, our head coach, uh, wanted a different swing interior offensive yes, lineman. Yes, so. and, and we'll get there in just a sec. The Carolina Panthers, we also passed on. So yep. Zach Kirk, K1 Short, Matt Paradis. Will Greer and Natrell Jamerson. None of got of them got picked. Chicago Bears, we plucked two talents yeah. from the Chicago Bears. So their five available players were Nick Foles, Jimmy Graham, Bobby Massey, Javon Wims, and Danny Trevathan. We picked uh, Trevathan first. Yeah. And the thought process being we wanted, if we're going to run hybrid with some odd front looks, we want a nice presence there in the middle leadership veteran right yeah so finding a balance between youth and and experience was another issue and and danny trevathan gave us a little bit of experience and only five million dollar cap was a reasonable number for us now chicago didn't protect any of their other guys and then as a result we plucked javon wims 943k wide receiver from georgia joe a brand player for us both yeah and, and knowing that we have trevor lawrence a guy that we think will put it up there give him a chance to use his ball skills which really popped that georgia for us and then a guy with the type of demeanor that we feel can play teams and when you're talking wide receiver four five six you got to be able to play teams and we think wims has that type of ability yeah he's um it's kind of like um an Auden tate type right yeah. you think about like his strengths and weaknesses as a, a receiver so we like that, and, and on Tate's exciting. Uh, Cincinnati, speaking of on Tate, on Tate was not available for their five players, but we punted on the players that they did make available, including two starting offensive linemen that we said, yeah, you know what, you know, we need some starters up front. We want to prioritize it, but the Bengals made Suofilo and Bobby Hart available, and we said hard pass. Yeah. Uh, Gio Bernard, C.J. Ozoma, really high-priced players for their positions. And veterans that aren't overly productive at this yeah. point in their careers, and then Ryan Finley. We at least had conversations about Gio Bernard. We thought about we found it. more economic options. He's at four point eight million, and we we did better at running back yeah, in my mind. I think so. So uh, Cleveland Browns, we punted on as well. The nine and seven Cleveland Browns, according to the Draft Dudes podcast yeah. for twenty twenty. They won a playoff game, Kyle. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, from Friday. yeah, yeah, I do. It's exciting. So Chad Thomas, Adrian Claiborne, Jermaine Grace, Chris Hubbard, and Damian Ratley. We thought about Damian Ratley, but we settled on actually Dame, Javon Wims is a player that we actually preferred, and that kind of right. went back to our scouting takes yep. in, in the college process. Yep. So Dallas, this is where it got real. We got some action here yeah. with the Cowboys. Yep. Okay, so the Cowboys five players that were available were Tyron Smith. Jalen Smith, Don Terry Poe, Darian Thompson, Dalton Schultz. We made these decisions on who to make eligible in large part because of the Dak Prescott saga. And a reducing cap. And the amount of money they had ridiculously tied up. And I mean, their offensive line is, is I, I, you love it, but it's expensive. Right. And Tyron Smith's kind of wearing down a little, right? Mm-hmm. He's got had some back problems. And so the, the Cowboys just kind of had to free up some stuff. And right. This is what happened here. And... The scouts called their bluff because they picked Tyron Smith. Yeah, first, yeah, we, we that was priority number one. Now, as as a, a reminder for everybody listening, if you're not overly familiar, expansion team picks a player, original team then has the opportunity to block one of their four remaining eligible players. Expansion team then has the opportunity still to pick one of the three remaining players, and if two players get picked then the original team can block the rest of the players from being right. picked. So you have the option to protect yourself and maximize only two players out of five getting picked, and you at least get priority after the first one goes. That's right. So Dallas blocked Jalen Smith once Tyron Smith was picked. You hate to see it. 
you know, Dal- uh, the scouts probably would have given some strong consideration to Jalen Smith. Yeah. And that Dallas, knowing that, blocked him. So the scouts then took a tight end, too, who we both like pre-draft in Dalton Schultz. And the Cowboys said, we're tired of you plucking over our <laughs> roster. We're going to block the rest of these guys. Because You're not we would have picked Darian Thompson. Yes, we would have. Yeah, we would have. We would have kept going. But the Cowboys <laughs> slammed the door shut on us. But Tyron Smith and Dalton Schultz, former Cowboys, now San Diego scouts here yeah. in this exercise. Yeah. Uh, Denver Broncos got a little action, too. Justin Hollins, Jeff Driscoll, Royce Freeman, Deshaun Hamilton, and Austin Bryant. Scouts picked Justin Hollins. Broncos said, we're not trying to lose two linebackers, yeah. so we're going to block and retain Josie Jewell. And you can see a Jim Leonard defense wanting a Josie Jewell-type player, mm-hmm. so you can see why Denver would make that block. Right. All right. Um, I'm going to read through. Well, hey, Kyle, the next team on here is Detroit. You know what happens in Detroit? The Motor City, yeah, baby. I think they make cars. And today's, the Motor City. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Detroit okay. Lions. Hold on. I'm going to crack one open. Yeah. Uh, Mainly for rockauto.com. Right. That that was what – is, what do people think that is? I don't know. It's uh, 9 a.m. on Monday morning. What is? What did Kyle just crack open? Let us know in the premium slack what you think yeah. Kyle just – Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I guess I will predict – and I, I want an accurate prediction. I say nobody gets it. Probably not. Yeah. All right. So – to keep this line moving, because we got a lot of we want to dive we into. We sure do, yep. Uh, we're going to continue to read through the players that we selected from each team. We will acknowledge your team if nobody was picked from your team, but we're not going to sit here and, and scroll yeah. through everything. Um, and then we'll say if any teams blocked any, because there's some interesting blocks a little yeah. further down as yep. well. So Detroit, we got our backup quarterback. Chase Daniel was picked, $5.3 million in cap space. Yep. Veteran presence in the backfield. Yeah, knows the system, right? Been yes, with the enemy. he's been with the enemy for yeah. a long time. So we wanted that for Trevor. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, defensive lineman Kingsley Kiki, do less than $1 million in space, kind of a versatile, multi-front guy. We, we drafted him. Uh, the Houston Texans, Zach Fulton, yep. plenty of experience in the Kansas yeah. City offense, yep. got plucked, $3.5 million for a starting physical guard. We like what we got there. Indianapolis Colts, two guys picked. Running back Jordan Wilkins and interior defensive lineman slash defensive end Tyquan Lewis. Both of those guys were cheap. We got both those guys for a combined $2 million. We're thrilled. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Leon Jacobs. Yeah. Jim Leonard. Some guy. Jim Leonard stuff. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It made sense. It was a no brainer once we hired Jim Leonard that he would be a guy that we would pluck. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Martinez Rankin. Guard, center, flexibility, and interior yeah. guy. Eric Bieniemy wanted him. Kyle yes. fought hard, but you know what? I, he, you know, I, I didn't want him. But yeah. but if my coach is going to pound the table, he did. I, I got to listen. Bieniemy was listen. standing on the table. He said, "I want Rankin. He can play <laughs> multiple positions." And Kyle's like, "I had a bad scouting report on him, but we came to terms here." Yep, nine hundred twenty k. So low, low, low cost, cheap labor. Uh, the Chargers. Everybody knew we were taking him when we talked about this. Mackey Egbule, especially baby. when we know with the hybrid type defense, right? Yeah. He, he's going to play that that Wisconsin Vince Zach, Beagle, Zach Bond, yeah. like yeah, they <laughs> got that Watt dude Roll. that kind of plays all over yeah. on on the front side. He's going to break out, brother. And with he is. Jim. He's he good. Yeah. Uh, the Rams. Nobody got plucked. Yeah, they're they're very team. unfortunate. They'd have loved for us to to take a couple of these guys. Didn't work out. Sorry. Uh, the Raiders. We picked defensive end Arden Key. 
for one point two million dollars. We do. We need some. We needed some speed off the edge. We need a project too, right? right. Like he's he he's was been a project for a while yeah, now. Well, we Raiders have been needing pass rush. We got the right coaches to milk right. it out right. of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the Miami Dolphins wide receiver Alan Hearns got plugged. Yeah, this was me. I wanted this. Guy. You did. Yeah. And uh, he's got a thousand yard season under his belt. Three and a half million dollars. It became important for me to ha- to make sure we had some veterans at wide receiver. Again, this is about Trevor Lawrence. We want to make sure he has every opportunity to really acclimate. And take that next step and you can say what you want about Alan Hearns the guy's been in the league he's produced um, and we felt like even if he's our wide receiver four like we want this guy in our room right okay Minnesota Vikings we Man. pluck Chris Boyd and the reason why we pluck Chris Boyd is we just needed bodies we needed cheap corners we need desperately needed cheap yeah. corners so we we took Chris Boyd uh New England Patriots there was some action here lots of it we pulled Marcus Cannon Yep. To serve as our starting right tackle opposite yep. Tyron Smith. And then they pulled Julian and Edelman. They, they blocked us from taking Julian Edelman. Because we, we, were we would have loved to have had. Yeah. And then our reaction to that is we said, well, hey, how about some defensive backfield action? Adrian Phillips. Yeah, that's an underrated signing that the Patriots It is, made for $3.5 million. So he's a yeah. fairly cheap contract we, in 2021 We're probably well. going to do a lot of three-safety stuff with this defense. Big and so, Nick, and yeah. yeah. So Adrian Phillips. So we pulled two Patriots. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, we pulled Malcolm Brown. Sort of like another Patriot. <laughs> yes, So, uh, but but really like him in the odd front concepts yeah. for, for Jim Leonard's defense. Uh, another Wisconsin linebacker, the New York Giants. We pulled Ryan Connolly for 785k, which yeah. made him a no-brainer pick. Right. Jim wanted him. Uh, the New York Jets got no one. Yeah. Philadelphia, Isaac Ciamalo, yeah. 5.4 million. He is our other guard with Zach Fulton. Yeah. And Eagles are in cap hell. They had to kind of put some guys available. They had to make some concessions. Well, they, they wanted us to take one of those receivers. Yeah, they but tried we said, to tempt us with Alshon and Deshaun. We, said, we, we thought about Deshaun because we have the Benyanami offense. We mm-hmm. need some vertical playmaking ability. But at the end of the day, $11 million a season was not something we were comfortable with at this point in Deshaun's career. Correct. So, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Big money guy here. Yeah, we want what's left in the tank for Joe Hayden, cornerback. And it became very clear to us that, that filling out our cornerback room was going to be challenging. Hard. Yeah, and so we, we bit the bullet here and, and gave a sizable piece of our cap to Joe Hayden. But we needed that veteran in the secondary in the cornerback room. And we feel like uh, with very few years remaining on his deal that this was the type of guy that we can get a year out of and, and really stabilize our, our corner room. I'll be damned if our corners aren't better than Carolina's this year. Oh, <laughs> you set the bar awfully high there, Cal. Uh, okay. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, there was some action. There was a pick and a block. We had to make a choice here. We did. It was two high-value positions, offensive tackle yep. and corner. Yep. We opted for the swing tackle, Jamarco Jones, who yep. we both like coming out of Ohio State. And the primary reason why we picked Jamarco, in my opinion, Joe, is because he also has positional flexibility to play inside at guard two, which yeah. makes him a really attractive sixth offensive lineman. Yeah, well, and we thought about Brian Allen, the cornerback, who mm-hmm. is interesting to both of us. But we we kind of settled on if Brian Allen was going to do it, he would have done it in Pittsburgh where they have a need at corner. And Seattle's a great place for him, but we knew we couldn't get them both because when we picked Jamarco Jones, Seattle, who's in good shape for the cap, yeah. they pulled Brian Allen off the table, but we absolutely would have taken him uh, if we could have two players. We got some heavy hitters coming up here still. We do. Okay, so San Francisco, we got two 49ers. We did them a favor and took Dante Pettis off their hands. Right. Pettis, you know, he had some nice tape at Washington. He's been in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. We said, you know what, this is probably it's going to be good for them, it's going to be good for us. We took Dante Pettis. They didn't block anybody. They were probably really hoping we were going to take either D. Ford, Weston, Richburg, or uh, Quan Alexander as all like $15 million a year guys, but we didn't. We did take the cheap guy running back to Michael Hastings, yeah. a fun little pocket rocket from Baylor this year. Yeah, you think about that Darian Thompson player that it seems like the Chiefs want to have pass catching, you know, just we think he'll be good on teams, third downs. I mean, just a nice versatile RB3 for us. Now, we got our star receiver target from Tampa Bay, O.J. Howard. Yeah. We were obviously... $6 million. Dollars. That was the easiest decision we He's made. the best player on this list. Yeah. yeah. Now, not getting used like it. He's not producing like it, but right. best physical talent on this list. Young with the right team for him. Right. Welcome to the Travis Kelsey role, O.J. Yes. Howard. Yeah. yeah. Get some targets. You're coming your way now. Tennessee Titans. All five players were accounted for with either <laughs> picks or blocks. Yeah. So we took Crookshank first... If I remember correctly, 
Yeah, we wanted we wanted Dane Crookshank versatile uh, defensive back that is going to help us on teams. He's cheap. He's less than a million dollars. Athletic. Yeah, they blocked Adam Humphreys. Yep, the wide receiver who wide receiver light corner was a spot for us where we were we were going to struggle to fill and feel really good about what we got. So they blocked Adam Humphreys. We then turned around and took David Long, young linebacker out of West Virginia, another cheap talent, nine hundred k for the cap hit. We think he gives us some athleticism, some yeah. coverage ability, which we didn't at the time. You know, we had Danny Trevathan and Ryan Connolly as our linebackers, and we felt like we needed this type of right. Player. Maybe some guy with a little bit of coverage upside yeah. too. Again, we think so, a lot about special teams too. Now we would have probably taken. We considered strongly Dennis Kelly as well. We had a lot of conversation about Dennis Kelly. It was Dennis Kelly or Jamarco Jones is what a lot of it but, came back to, and that was a dollars thing. Yes, yeah. because Dennis Kelly's getting paid almost seven million dollars right. now. Tennessee blocked the rest of their players. You said you're done pillaging our, <laughs> our roster. We're done with it. Yep. Washington, we took Steven Sims, wide receiver, uh, 855K, just in, to get a little bit of speed in the wide receiver room. You know, we need some home run hitters. Yeah. So, 31 players accounted for. We just went through that list. At the end of this, we're going to give you the 53-man roster. Okay? Time to talk free agency. So, first thing you need to know is we went through all of the free agents and we... All of them. We eliminated... say all of them, I mean all of them. We eliminated the guys that we thought had a more probable than not chance of going back to their original team, whether it was a tag or... um, Tag and trade Tag and trade. We just didn't dump every available player into this pool. And we forced ourselves to pay a premium to get guys. But talk about the rest. You, you, You outlined this, so... So we took, we went through all the free agents. We said, okay, who's likely to go back? We're going to remove them from the pool. Of the players that were left, we then divided them into tiers. Mm-hmm. We had blue chip, like tier one guys. That's the Bud Dupree's and Yannick Ngakwe's and Melvin Ingram's of the world. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, Cam Hayward, Brandon Scherf. Those were our tier one free agents. We said, if we want to pay the premium price to get one of these guys, we can. But only one. Yeah. Tier two guys. Some examples here are A.J. Green, Richard Sherman, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Logan Ryan. Matt Judon. Dalvin Cook. Yep. We can sign up to two of those guys if we want. There was a grand total of, I believe, 19 of them. 19 tier two. We could sign two if we wanted. Knowing full well we were going to have to pay a premium cost to do so. Tier 3 guys, we could sign up to 3. There were 34 of those guys. Some of these guys are Chris Carson, Samson Ekubom, and Dominic Sue, Cam Robinson, Corey Davis, Mitchell Trubisky landed in this group. Very expansive list, and we can only pick 3. Tier 4, we ended up settling on 48 Tier 4 free agents, and we could only sign 4 of them if we wanted. No objective here being we got to get the 53-man roster. Everybody else was in Tier 5. This is your your vet minimum players, your kickers, punters, and long snappers. Yep. And we had to pick five of those guys. So, But we, could, we didn't limit ourselves on Tier 5. If we needed to sign more, we could, right, if I'm not mistaken? Because from a roster space perspective, all these free agents plus the 31 expansion guys plus our seven draft picks would have brought us to 53. Okay. Got it. So, I mean, we were kind of locked in. We had to sign a grand total of 15 free agents, no matter how you sliced it. And that's how it ended up working out. Like, we did not sign a Tier 1 free agent. That dollar amount, like Bud Dupree for $20, $21 million, which is what the scouts would have had to pay him to get him over here, we're not really interested in paying that. Right. Even Yannick Ngakwe, who we both like as a player a lot. It hurt. We couldn't stomach it. It hurt a lot. And Melvin Ingram and Kenny Clark. Yeah, we'd love to have them. They, they just <laughs> cost like, money. It's like these are $20 million a year guys. We can't pay this. Right. Um, so that gave us the flexibility to drop a Tier 1 signing into Tier 2. Right. Which we did not do either. From a financials perspective, we realized it was going to be very difficult to stay under the cap comfortably and sign Tier 1 and t- a lot of Tier 1 and the maximum number of Tier 1 and Tier 2 guys that we could sign. So we signed two Tier 2 free agents. I'm really excited about uh, the defensive player here. I'm excited about the offensive player here. Well, then why don't you tell me about yeah. 
Tell me about Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley, our center, right? We signed him. Green Bay's got a lot of free agents to deal with. Holy shnikes. And they got like, what, 20 million? Yeah, they, they weren't great in cap space. They need, they need yeah. So Corey Lindsley's available because uh, they can't also sign David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. and uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. So, right. they, I mean, they had some guys to deal with. We, we, we knew it was going to be important to get a center, a, a stabilizing center, a veteran center, uh, and, and Corey Lindsley gave us that. And so we, we were willing to pay, I think, north of $12 million a year for Corey Lindsley to make sure that we had that center. Again, our priority one over everything else was offensive line for Trevor Lawrence. We were not going to David Carr him. And uh, part of doing that and achieving that goal was making sure we had a center and we couldn't find a better player than Lindsley. So our starting five offensive line with Corey Lindsley, who we ended up paying, what, $12 million a yeah. year to? Yeah. Uh, again, we, if we're signing guys, we understand yeah. we're going to have to overpay. So we, we made him we the highest paid center in NFL history. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tyron Smith. Isaac Simalo, mm-hmm. Corey Lindsley, Zach Fulton, Marcus Cannon. Yeah. Starting five offensive line. We checked the damn box. I feel really good about it. Yeah. They're probably going to be a little bit more of a power-oriented downhill attack. But we got big, strong, sturdy bodies. Yep. And all experienced veteran players. Right. Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. Desmond King, our other guy. You want to talk about a team that's got some, some dollars to figure out. Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. I'm going to write about that this week. Folks. We went through and we were like, oh, wow, they got uh, Ingram's a, an expiring contract. Oh, wow, Desmond King's an expiring Oh, wow, Hunter Henry's an expiring contract. Oh, wow, so-and-so's Pouncey. an expiring Mike Pouncey's an expiring Oh, wow. Um, per- Denzel Perryman. Denzel Perryman. Uh, we're forgetting a big one. Is Bosa an expiring contract this year? Fifth year, probably. Yeah. They got a lot to figure so out. So they, they got a lot of money. Yeah. Terod Taylor's and he's not going to command a lot of money, but right now he's their starting quarterback too. So they got Herbert in the wings and oh, like half their offensive line, like Tevi Lamb, all those guys are expiring contracts as well. So Desmond King was kind of the casualty when we sat through and we were like, man, like they got Ingram, they got Bosa, they got to retain these guys. Desmond King hits the market. We signed Desmond King to be our nickel, as we said, filling out the corner room with. Good players was going to be a challenge. Yeah, we like the versatility. He can punt return. So, and we think he's one of the premier nickel defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. So we paid him, I think, north of twelve million a season to, to come. We and, paid him eleven and a half. Okay, eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. So premium price for Desmond yeah. King. Yeah. So we did sign two tier two guys, no tier one free agents. We also only signed two tier three free agents. It's out of necessity. One of them. High ceiling guy in Corey Davis. Yeah. Has not lived up to his potential in Tennessee. He's probably not going to do it again this year because they are uh, so run heavy. The chemistry that was there with A.J. Brown is probably going to continue to command the line and share the targets. And we say, hey, this is a good economic value versus the physical skill set that we can get if we can get him in a breakout. Yeah. And, and I mean, we took a few more of these types of players, first round draft picks. Island of Misfit Toys yeah, in year one. we're going to need yeah. some of that, man. You know, we're an expansion team. And so we wanted to go after Sammy Watkins for his familiarity with the enemy, but, it, you know, what it came down to was Corey Davis, we got him for half the cost of Sammy Watkins. Right, so, less than half. We got him for five mil. Right, where Sammy Watkins was. I mean, Sammy's this year is getting. Like 16 or something, like a lot, or restructured or something. Right. He was at yeah. one point like 18 million a season. Right. So we we bit the bullet and, and took a cheaper, high-ceiling, boomer-bust pick in Corey Davis. Yep. And we got a running back, Joe. Yeah, we do. You want to talk about him? Well, we, we went for Marlon Mack, the running back from the Colts. Um, you know, a guy that can catch a football. He obviously inside-outside runner. Um, we didn't want to go in with a complete no-name situation at, at running back, but we thought that Marlon Mack, you know, on a Melvin Gordon-type deal, um, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of a discount there, but um, was was a serviceable back that we thought had a, enough juice, you know, to not just be like we have nothing here in the backfield. And so, so a veteran. what was the th- – people are going to ask, you know, if they see this list of free agents, they're going to see Chris Carson and James Conner and Leonard Fournette in this same block. We didn't want injured guys. That Yeah, that was the big thing, right? Like Marlon <laughs> Mack, his wear and tear, he's also probably going to be a little cheaper this year because they got Jonathan Taylor in right. the picture now too. So – from a financials perspective, we're like, man, like we really don't want a dude that's had to been forced to, to tote the rock and, and be a, a super high-volume guy. And, and granted, 
Mac had 247 carries in 2019, but we're banking on him having a lesser role yeah. in 2020. We traded up for John Taylor. Right. So yeah. that, that transition is something to be noted or note, mindful of. Yeah. Uh, tier four guys. Jason McCourty, Deron Harmon, Andrew Billings, Gerard Davis, Anthony Chickalo. Yeah. Because we had extras to play with because we didn't sign a tier one guy and we didn't sign three tier three guys. We only signed two. We had extra players that we could sign in tier four. So we went with a little bit more volume approach in free agency. Yeah. Versus high high price guys. Gotta fill a roster, man. That's that was the challenge. So that brings us to the draft. And what we tried to do with the draft is we knew full well we were going to have the number one overall pick. We were going to take a quarterback. Did you not want to say our tier five, five guys? Yeah, sure. So it's mention your tier five guys. Tier five guys. Tight end Eric Tomlinson to be our tight end three. Young Hu Koo to be our kicker, who's been pretty productive in a small sample size. He's really good at onside kicks. Uh, Brian Allen, our punter. You can win the Super Bowl with Brian Allen as your punter. I didn't know if you knew that. Uh, is it Taylor Pepper? Tabor. Tabor Pepper, long snapper. Yeah. We told him to keep his mouth shut on Twitter, and yeah. uh, he can be our snapper and get paid a lot of money yeah, to snap footballs. A lot of money. He's <laughs> getting paid about as little as you could pay a snapper, but well, that's why we picked Tabor Pepper. You know what? Uh, it's better than getting paid no money to snap footballs. <laughs> uh, Denzel Good, who I thought had some intrigue as an OT4, and then Troy Hill, who, again, we, we needed to get some some economic options at corner that were serviceable after giving you know a pretty nice amount of change to Garrett. Uh, Joe Hayden. So, yeah. yeah so, so Hayden, McCourty, Desmond King, Troy Hill, and Chris Boyd, we at least felt that's a, that's a serviceable. We got some versatile safeties. Yeah. That's a serviceable corner room. Yeah. Brings us to the draft. We allotted for $11.8 million in cap space, which is exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals were required to allot as having the first pick in each round, yeah. which as an expansion team, we now have the first pick in each round. Yeah. Um, so that $11.8 million cap hit for the rookie class, plus the free agents, plus the contracts we took on in the expansion draft, brought our salary cap for the year to $168 million, $2 million below the $170 million cap space. Yeah. If this is a 205 to $210 million cap space uh, situation... We probably would have signed Matt Judon in free agency yeah. as a tier four or a tier two guy, and Sammy probably. And we probably would have signed Sammy Watkins instead of Corey Davis. Corey Davis. But those were the concessions that we had to make from an economic standpoint, based on the economic hardship that the league is facing. Yep, those were the two. Those were the two pills to swallow that we we just had to. And they were hard because yeah. we really wanted Matt Judon in this edge group. Yeah, for this system too. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get him though. Nope. We did get the first pick in every round of the draft. Yeah, and I like our draft class. I I like our draft class, too. I'm pretty yeah. excited about the way it turned out. So, Trevor Lawrence. Quarterback class. Goes at quarterback, number one overall, to the San Diego Scouts. He is yeah. our franchise quarterback, and he's got one of the most experienced play callers in the NFL and Jim Caldwell. Plenty of experience doing that. He's got an experienced backup quarterback in Chase Daniel, and he's in an RPO-heavy offense, courtesy of Eric Bieniemy that he's exper- plenty experienced running RPOs at Clemson. And he's got five veteran offensive linemen in front of him. Yeah, with pretty good depth. So Yeah, we feel really good about that infrastructure for Trevor Lawrence. Yep. How about uh, pick 33? Go, you go here. These next two you talk about. Oh, you want me to? You, yeah, because those last, those last, three of those last well, four let's, kind of let's, let's talk about the, the dynamics of what we said we wanted to do with the rest of the draft first. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we wanted to get a weapon, wide receiver. We mm-hmm. wanted to get an edge. Um, and we wanted to get another versatile defensive back. And then our lower needs were more range at linebacker um, and then a, another offensive lineman that we like to be a developmental type guy right. on the bottom of the roster. And we also considered running back. We said we another did. weapon if it's right. A more of a downhill back. And, and then as we want, I'll spoil alert, we did not draft the running back. Right. But we were thinking in our mind some of the, you know, some of the free agent type running backs that you fill, guys that you know, can... I was just to give you some. Deion Jackson from Duke, Spencer Brown from UAB are two names that, in my mind, could be UDFA type backs that right. we can sign, and so if we need to. So, we were looking at the wide receiver room. Our wide receiver room entering the draft was Corey Davis, Alan Hearns, Dante Pettis, Javon Wims, and Steven Sims. Yep. We said, okay, we need some somebody with some dynamic playmaking ability here. And we get on the board at 33. We use we actually use TDN MDM. 
good good resource, I hear. Yeah, it's outstanding. Highly recommend you go to the draftnetwork.com mock draft machine and check it out. Yeah, 2021 guys are already in there. That's scouting true. reports Full on scouting 400, reports on 400 of them. <laughs> yep. So go have fun. Have a blast. Uh, Rondale Moore and Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman are on the clock. Yeah. Are, are on the board at 33. And we had a, a pretty extensive. And St. Sherratt, too. We thought about Sherratt, them. yep. We had a pretty extensive conversation about those options. Right. We're not kidding when I say that either. We were sitting no, on your we, patio last night. Probably 15 minutes. Right. Trying to figure out which one of the wide receivers right. made and the you most only sense. get, what, how many in the second round? 12, 12 minutes? Is it 12? Or oh, no, seven? it's 10. 10 something. It's 10. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we took ran longer. out of time. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we paused the draft. Um, <laughs> Our thought process was, well, we got a bigger body guy in Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. And Rashad Bateman, you know, he's not a super big frame. He's 6'1", 2'10". But he plays in my ball above the rim. Sage Surratt's much more of a long, lean, plucky guy. We didn't really feel comfortable. And we also have Javon Williams on the roster. Yep. We didn't really feel comfortable with anybody that we had that could create things after the catch with consistency and create explosive plays. With the ball in his hands. Now we do. And that was the reason why we took Rondale Moore at 33. Mm-hmm. I likened him to you when we were talking about him. I said, listen, Joe, this is a smaller, more explosive version of LaVisca Chenault. Think about the way they manufactured some touches for him. Think about how good he was in, in you know, the, the quick game with slants and, and breaking tackles and, and creating explosive plays after the catch. Rondale Moore is very dense, but he's 5'10", 5'9", and he's... A lot faster than LaVisca. Yeah. And we said, okay, that, that's a guy in an RPO-heavy offense, running slants, running bubbles. You can run jet with him and get him the ball fairly yeah. easily. We're going to manufacture some touches for Rondell Moore, but he was our guy. Yeah. And then we get to 65. And we knew we were looking for a front side edge guy. Yeah. Because our edge room entering the draft was Anthony Ciccolo, Leon Jacobs, Arn Key, and Emeki Egbele. Yeah. We said, okay, who's who's a guy who can play in traffic, play on the front side, has some versatility, and is really physical because we said we're not going to be a team that creates a lot of penetration. Right. We need to control the line of scrimmage and hope to win with power. Right. And we we viewed edge and wide receiver as the exact same level of need yes. for our football. And we team. didn't see anybody that was attractive at right. edge at, in at, at 33. 33. Yeah. So that's why and we and we looked down the line and we said we like these edges at 66, 65 fairly a good amount. And, and so it's much better value. Yeah. And and we came away with the Okay, what did pay yeah. from Michigan who's uh 275 pounds. Uh, he's played a lot of two-point stance. So, um, uh, and, and Michigan with Uche and Aiden Hutchinson and Pay, they, they have some exciting players that they've continued to use in, in versatile ways and showcase that versatility. And Pay, because of his density, because of his leverage, he's not a super tall guy, but he's got plenty of length. He's super dense. He's used to playing in traffic. He's used to being in a two-point stance. He can move up and down the front. That was the selling point for us to say, hey, look, this is the versatile piece that we need that can kind of effectively serve the Matt Judon role without having to pay Matt Judon $18 million. Needed it. All right, so in the fourth round, 96 overall, we took LSU defensive back Kerry Vincent Jr., and this is a player that I really love. He's got all the speed in the world. Uh, He's physical. He hits. He tackles. And um, he's got... He's got the type of ball skills where he trusts himself to bait a lot of throws. And we like that as if we want to go one high, we felt comfortable playing him over the top. Uh, And we also thought like a matchup-specific type slot. So if you're going to play Tyreek Hill or Miko Hardman or uh, Marquise Brown, we thought this is the type of guy that can match up with those types of receivers that the NFL is kind of gravitating towards. And so um, we, we, we were lukewarm probably in our safety room. Uh, but we add this guy, and I, and I love some of the matchups that we can play now with our, our defensive backfield in totality. Uh, at pick number 128 in the fifth round, uh, we took Monty Rice, a linebacker from Georgia. We still felt like, even though we picked David Long in free agency, that we wanted to have m- oh, some more range, right? Some more coverage upside from our off-ball linebackers. We think that we get that in Monty Rice, who's also a big-time leader in that program. 
uh, a very accomplished player at Georgia. And so we thought this was, I mean, really a steal in the fifth round. I'll keep going because these are guys that yep. I emailed here. These are so, Joe Marino brand guys, so uh, keep going. In the sixth round, we took wide receiver Austin Watkins. Uh, he's out of UAB. He's Sammy Watkins' cousin, so we, you can see some parallels there with Eric Bieniemy. Uh, Austin Watkins is an arid-out type receiver that I don't think he's got elite speed. He has plenty of speed. He's not like just going to win every single foot race, but my goodness, his ball skills down the field are just Exceptional, and I think he can he can win after the catch. He blocks. He's physical. He can play teams. So we thought this was the type of weapon that we would rather have than the running back, right? So this is when right. we started thinking about yep. running backs. We're like, nah, give me the guy that can produce yak, that can block, that can get vertical and play teams over a guy that can help us in short yardage that we feel like we can find at any point. And then our last pick in the seventh round, we took Duke center interior offensive lineman uh, Jack Wollaball. He's got good tape, and what we liked about him. Uh, is his, he's a very aggressive, you like his temperament into blocks, but him in space. This is where I really like Jack Woolaball. He's a guy that can uh, he can connect with moving targets. He can hit longer poles. One of these days I, I, I would love to just dig into this David Cutcliffe offensive philosophy because I've paid very close attention to David Cutcliffe dating back to Tennessee and Ole Miss. And how his offense continues to evolve is one of the things we just don't talk about enough. And I love what he's been able to do with Woolaball, getting him out in space, longer poles, second-level climbs. Uh, but he's got a good stout anchor. He's got some technique stuff to work on, but we think this is the right type of interior offensive lineman to uh, to develop and groom under some really, really good veterans. And so I still love this draft class even more now that we talked about it and how it fits and how we can, we can right. talk about our process, and I like it. Right. So that brings us to a 53-man roster. We are not complete psychopaths. We weren't going to 90. No. Right? No, no. we're not doing a 90-man roster. We said, look, we're going to put this thing into Madden. We're going to simulate a season. Let's just get to 53 and call it a day. Right. So, head coach Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator Jim Caldwell, defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. $170 million projected cap space. We have $168 million in cap commitments for 2021 with plenty of expiring contracts uh, with the veterans that we picked courtesy of the expansion draft. 53-man roster. We're going to run through it, and that's going to be it for today. Okay? Yeah. Then we have some programming notes. Then we have some programming notes. Quarterback room, we're carrying two quarterbacks, Chase Daniel, the veteran backup to Trevor Lawrence, who's going to start day one for this team. Our running back room, Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, Jamichael Hasty, Athletic options, yeah. service, serviceable backs. Uh, Marlon Mack's getting a pretty penny to, to come to San Diego. He's to be the guy. He's got a yep. good offensive line. Right. Under Eric Bieniemy, He yep. should be thrilled. Wide receiver room, we're carrying seven. Uh, that's Steven Sims, that last Steven Sims pick, probably – more of a luxury pick now, but I mean we can get him the ball. Speed. Speed. It's a low-risk pick. Yep. Wide receivers are Corey Davis, Rondale Moore, Alan Hearns, Austin Watkins, Dante Pettis, Javon Wims, and Steven Sims. We're carrying three tight ends on the roster. O.J. Howard, Dalton Schultz, Eric Tomlinson. We're carrying nine offensive linemen. Offensive tackles, Tyron Smith, Marcus Cannon, Backup swing tackle, Jamarco Jones, and our fourth offensive tackle is Denzel Good. Our starting interior trio is Isaac Siamalu, Zach Fulton, and Corey Lindsley, with our two backups being positional flexibility guys in Martinez Rankin and Jack Wallbach. Maybe you don't love that, but remember, Jamarco Jones can also play some... Uh, some Correct. Yeah. And Jamarco's probably going to be the top option to go anywhere yeah. other than center. Right. And we like that. And Rankin knows probably backup center. Right. Our edge group. We've got a total of 10 line-of-scrimmage players. Five edges, Anthony Ciccolo, K. Woody Pay, Leon Jacobs, Arden Key, and Emeki Egbele. Five interior defensive linemen, Tyler Davidson, Malcolm Brown, Kingsley Kiki, Tyquan Lewis, and Andrew Billings. Like we said, we are looking to control the line-of-scrimmage because we're not going to win with a lot of speed off the edge and dynamic rushing ability off the edge. Our linebackers, we're carrying six. Danny Trevathan, Gerard Davis, Monty Rice, Ryan Connolly, David Long, Justin Hollins. Yep. Our corners, Joe Hayden, Jason McCourty, Desmond King. If we're in Nick, those are our guys. Troy Hill and Chris Boyd are backups. We've got some man-to-man coverage options in the safety room, which is why we're a little light on how many corners we're actually carrying on the 53-man roster. Kerry Vincent has some man-to-man availability. Availability. Adrian Phillips and Deshaun Elliott, maybe not so much, but Deron Harmon and Dane Cruikshank also have man-to-man ability in their arsenal. 
And then our three specialists, Young Hoku, Ryan Allen, and Tabor Pepper, brings us to 53-man. We did it. Can't wait to see what the record looks like at the end of the year, man. This is going to be a process. But, I mean, you got to love what we have in the line of scrimmage. We have versatility in the defensive backfield. We have an identity in the front seven on defense. And we have Trevor Lawrence to be our franchise quarterback for the long haul. And so we'll keep building this roster. But, um, man, I, I think... I think this is better than I was thinking it was going to look like when we started this project. Yeah. And especially as we're making these players available in the expansion draft and really keeping those teams' interests in mind. Right. You know, it's not like... It's, we, did, we didn't put a bunch of guys up that yeah. only benefited, benefited the scouts yeah. and was at the detriment of the teams that we made available. I think we had a, a good process. For sure. Now, programming notes, as you mentioned. We do. So, normally we do takes on takes... On Tuesday, and this is a special takes on takes. It's takes on takes 100. However, I am uh, getting on a plane here in a couple hours and, and driving or and flying back to Charlotte, North Carolina. I need a little time to adjust and get my feet up under me. And so, um, we we want to do something special. Should we say what we're going to do for takes on takes 100? This is going to happen, we're right? Doing it live. We're we're doing it live. We're doing it live. So join us video. Yes. We want your live takes. So there's been some really good submissions, and I kind of feel bad about it. And we'll have them in the bank. Yeah, we'll have them in the bank. We'll, we'll have them in the bank. But we want the live reaction. Like, no time to prep. Let's have fun. We'll be on some type of streaming device. We'll make it all available, obviously, on Twitter and Premium Slack. Uh, so that is not going to be tomorrow. That is actually going to be, give me one second here, that is going to be on Thursday. We're going to do it Wednesday night for our Thursday podcast. So if you miss it live Wednesday, you can listen to it on the podcast feed on Thursday Tomorrow, though, not takes on takes, but you know what it is? Mark We're starting Ryan. our first 2021 NFL draft. So skip, forget about the scouts, right? We're not going right. to – we didn't give the Carolina Panthers number one pick for them to not get Trevor Lawrence, right, right. and get and number two. Right. So we're back to reality here, and we're going to do our first we've, – we've, we've been – we've scouted 400 players, Kyle. Yeah. Our staff, right, our scouting team staff. Scouting team staff, staff, yes. We've, we've, we've presented – Almost every single one of them in a group discussion. We are ready for yep. our first mock draft. And we're yeah. going to do the first half of that on Tuesday, the second half on Wednesday. And then, of course, takes on takes 100 on Thursday. lot to look forward to. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and come on back and see us the rest of this week. I am Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. And we look forward to you coming back tomorrow for the first part of our two-part 2021 mock draft.